We are eager now to dive into God's Word for the sake of our guests who are joining us here. Um, we are joyfully making our way through the amazing book of Hebrews as God's instructing our hearts through its truth. And um, I'm just so grateful for God's Word that we get the opportunity to sit under it week by week. Now, to set the context, especially for those who uh, haven't been here before or you missed last week, um, last week's text was a strong text on the principle of God's rest, that God desires um, to welcome us into his eternal rest through faith in Jesus Christ. We saw in the text last week that those who enter into God's rest, they are the ones who pay careful attention to his word. They respond with faith and obedience to his word. The evidence, in fact, that we belong to Christ is that over time we will cling to Christ and we will cling to his word. The author of Hebrews then went on to illustrate uh, negatively, in this case, um, about how the people of Israel in the wilderness, they did not enter God's rest because they didn't believe. They, their hearts were not united with faith in the word of God. And because they were walking in unbelief, they did not enter the rest of God. They were not united to God by faith. And so there was this warning last week that, that we need to pay attention If we hear God's voice, not to harden our hearts. Because they hardened their heart and they didn't enter into God's rest. And the context of Hebrews is this small church that has experienced great persecution and difficulty. And because, specifically because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And they were tempted to go back. And say, all right, this is too much. I want to go back to the old system. Forget about Christ. And he he was lovingly warning them. God was lovingly warning them to pay attention to the word. To not harden their hearts. This morning, the Lord is bringing into our focus directly his word. Specifically, its power and its purpose. We're going to focus on three verses but especially one in particular. So we're reading uh, now Hebrews chapter 4. If you haven't turned in your Bible there, turn now if you would. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. As I read, I remind you, this is not the word of some mere man. This is God's eternal, holy, living word. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. 
Holy Father, we pray that as we look into your word, we pray that now you would you would illuminate it in our hearts by your spirit's power and presence. Lord, we um, we need to be reminded. My heart needs to be reminded of what is true of your word because sometimes I don't read it like I should. It is living and active and and so, Lord, be active in your word today, in our hearts today. We pray this together in Christ's name. Amen. As our children grow up and take wings and fly and do what God has called them to do, the rooms in our house are increasingly empty. Amen. I'm not so sure. Sometimes I like it to be full. However, this is God's plan, right? We don't raise kids to live in our basement the rest of their lives. We want them to take wing and flight. However, yes, amen there. However, sometimes it is a little painful, but that's not the point of the illustration. So what Julie and I are doing as our kids are exiting our home is from time to time we'll We'll go into a room where we're cleaning, we're reorganizing, we're purging, uh, we're discovering things that, oh, that's where that is. And, and in the process of doing that, you know, you find some interesting things. Right here in my hand is a letter. And it's from my dear bride. And I just recently discovered it. And I'm not going to read it to you. Because it's my letter from her to me. You know, when I when I approach this letter, what what is gonna be my approach? Like, do I read it like I'm reading headline news? Do I just scan for the main point and move on, scroll through? Of course not. This is a letter written by my love years and years ago, early in our relationship. Do you think I'm gonna just Scroll by? No. I hang on every word. Because what these words tell me is the heart of my wife. And I want to know that more. They reveal something about her. They reveal her affection for me. They reveal the things that she loves and the things that she dreams and the things that make up who she is. And I love that. So I cherish this because I cherish her. When we come to God's word, God has chosen in the wisdom, manifold wisdom of God, he has chosen to reveal himself through words. Not exclusively through words because he did send his son, Jesus Christ, as the living word, right? The word became flesh and, and dwelt among us. So we, we, we saw him or those who were there, they saw him and they experienced him. So it's not exclusively through words, but it's predominantly through words that we know who God is. Imagine for a moment if you didn't have this book. How would you know God? How would you know what He is like if these words did not exist? Now, we could know God through His act of creation, through general revelation, but we know God specifically 
through words. In the same way that I know my wife through words, so we know God through His Word. And His Word is given to us in so many ways to encourage, instruct, help, guide, command, do all the things that His Word is intended to do for our good. And in this text this morning, we're going to specifically focus on just one verse, verse 12. Keep your eyes in that verse. Um, we get a deeper glimpse into the, the purpose and the power of the Word of God. So if I were to summarize what you're about to hear in, in, in this, this verse, this one verse, if I were to summarize it in the context of chapter 4 in Hebrews, I would say this. God's active, penetrating Word enables His people to live by faith in His promises. Now, as you hear this and as you think about it, test that. You test it. See if it's true. God's active, penetrating word enables his people to live by faith in his promises. So we're going to see three things about the word of God. First thing that we see, it it describes it right out of the gate. The word is living and it is active. A living God has given us a living word. God is not dead, and so his book, therefore, is not dead. The word has been, has been written for us by God himself. Literally, it was breathed out. That's what the word tells us. It was breathed out by God. So when we read the word of God, what we're, what we're reading, what we're hearing is, is the breath of God. It's come out from God. It's, it's living and it's active. It's, it's not a, a dusty collection of the history of some ancient Near East people. No, the Word is God-breathed. It is living. It is alive. Now, I can imagine um, among us that it's like, how, you know, how can a, a Word, how can this Word, how can it be alive? Well, it's a, it's a reasonable question. And um, I understand the question. This book does stand in distinction to any and every other book in the entire world. It is alive. You may say, how can an inanimate object be alive? Well, that's a great question. And so I went into the garden area and dug out a seed uh, from our seeds this morning. And I stuck it in my pocket and by grace I found it. So I have a seed in my fingers. It's right here. Um, and I'm putting it now on the podium. It's teeny. There it is. It's a seed. Do you consider a seed to be alive? I mean, I'm looking at it. It's not moving. There's nothing happening here that, that my eyes can perceive. It's just sitting there. It doesn't seem like it's very alive. Um, however, you take that seed and stick it in fertile soil... And you tell me whether it's alive or not, right? Because you will see in a matter of course of time, you will see life spring forth from that soil. It doesn't appear alive, but it is alive. So it is with the word of God. It testifies deep within our hearts that it is alive in the same way you take this 
that to some people is just some old dusty book. You take this and you implant it in a heart that's eager to hear God and a heart that's eager to encounter God and you will find that it is alive and it will make us alive. That is the power of the Word of God. To some it may seem like a boring old book. It is abundantly alive. The Word of God makes our hearts alive, takes hearts that were once dead in sin and hardened to God and breaks through and gives us new life so that the things that we used to live for and and think were so great in the world, those things just fade. And the things of God that we once wondered, why are people so excited about that? Now we understand because God's word has made us alive by faith. See, in the context here, he's concerned that these people, these dear people who are struggling, that they're going to turn their back on God and, and not believe this word. And he's reminding them, no, the word of God is alive and active. It is working. God is accomplishing his purposes through this book. How else could we explain when someone becomes born again. How, 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 what, what else could we say? Oh, they, they made a change in their life, really? Like they just had a January 1st and decided to hate all those things or not, you know, turn away from sin and now love the things of God? No, it's, it's because the, the book has brought life to their hearts. This word is living and it is active. How, how are we born again? We are born again by faith in the living Word of God. The Apostle P- Peter, he reminds his readers that you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. The living Word comes alive in our hearts, granting us new life by faith. The Apostle Paul also says it well. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. When the living Word, when this living Word, when its message, when it finds rich soil in the heart of our belief, then life springs forth. Spiritual life. We are changed by the power of God. There's power in this word. There's new life that's brought about by the living word of God. Do you know this morning that God's living word is being proclaimed today to have its intended effect on you? That every time we open the word of God, that we're not, I say this first to myself, church. We don't just read it like casually as like, okay, let's see what's the you know, thought for today. No, we read it because in this Word, it's the very breath of God. And He wants to give us life through this Word. And He wants to grace us with with hope and encouragement and joy and change where we need to change. This is the living and active Word of God. So it's not only alive, it is also active. And I think we'll be encouraged to think about this for a few moments together. This second descriptive here is very powerful. God's Word, here's what I believe that He intended them to hear when He was saying that the Word is living and, in particular, 
active. Um, God's word is a, actively accomplishing its purposes in our hearts and in the world today. Let, let me, let's think about this together. The word of God today, right now, is actively accomplishing the will and the purposes of God, not just here, but around the globe. So let's just dream together for a moment, think together. Across every time zone this morning, all around the world, as people are gathering in churches, I mean, think about churches in Japan and in India and in Kenya and in Venezuela and in Alaska and Arkansas in in churches all over the world right now as God's word is being read and proclaimed, the word is accomplishing its eternal purpose in the hearts of people. It is actively conforming God's purposes, God's people to his image. It is, is drawing people to faith. It's convicting some and convincing some to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the salvation of their souls. Think about that this morning. Isn't that exciting that God is building his kingdom this morning and he's doing it not through some men. He's doing it through this. The word of God, it's active. It is accomplishing that for which it is sent forth. It is bringing helpful conviction, perhaps to some who are wayward and who are struggling in sin and even allowing sin to go on in their lives. It is bringing helpful conviction to them. It is comforting the afflicted. It is encouraging the faint-hearted. It is strengthening the weary. It is reforming the wayward. It is reviving the sluggish. It is guiding God's disciples on their pathway to glory. This is the power of God's active word. And it's happening right now all across the world. God is accomplishing his great purposes. It is purposefully and actively and presently accomplishing God's plans this morning. Doesn't that encourage you today? That God's work is active and it is accomplishing that for which it's sent forth. Listen to God's own description. If you struggle with my interpretation, listen to God's own description of his word by the prophet Isaiah. This is God speaking for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth, goes out from my mouth, the the breathed out word of God, living and active. It shall not, hear the promise of God, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. And hear this, it shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Oh, that is so encouraging to me this morning. I pray that that encourages you that there is no power. There is no power this morning in all the world that can thwart the onward march of the redemptive purposes of the mighty word of God. There is no kingdom. When we look at the news, we get discouraged, don't we? We get fearful at times when we look at the news. There is no kingdom or principality or ruler or ideology 
No scheme of man, nothing present, nor anything to come in the future that can bring to a halt or hinder in any way the forward progress of the redemptive purposes of God's active word. Amen? It is so good to hear that. It is so good to be reminded that God's word is alive and it's active and he's drawing people to himself and he's shaping people after his own image. His alive and active word is doing it. And so this is a call to faith, dear friends, that we would once again approach the word with faith and belief that that when we can become discouraged, perhaps with besetting things, sins in our lives that, that we have trouble shaking. The Lord is powerful in His Word to help us and He will not stop helping us through the power of His Word. This is why we read it every day, right? Because we need the power to wash over our hearts and remind us of what's true, which leads us right into our second point. The Word is not only alive, but the Word penetrates deeply. What does the author say here? It says, Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow. The word is likened to a sharp sword, which has two edges. Uh, with both sides of the blade, this word cuts through layers, uh, sometimes many, many layers of tough hearts, And in fact, this blade, the blade of the Word of the Lord, is sharper than any blade that's ever been constructed by man. So you think of the very sharpest blade. I know some of you like to make knives and and make swords, and and that's a craft in and of itself that seems to be exploding in our culture. Um, And I'm sure it's very interesting. But you take the best blade that's been made ever in the world, it doesn't stand a chance. Because this blade is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts in in two particular ways. And I want to just think about this for a moment. The word cuts in many ways. We could talk about many things. But I just want to highlight two ways that the word cuts. Number one, it cuts through the hardened shell of our unbelieving hearts leading us... Leading us to salvation. I'm sorry. I was sitting. I was sitting under the preaching of the Word of God in Groton, Connecticut, at Groton Bible Chapel, when God pierced my heart. Now, It was a Scottish preacher, and I love a Scottish brogue, so, you know, that may have helped, right? But it was the Word of God that pierced my heart and enabled me to see that apart from God's forgiveness, apart from me receiving to myself and believing for myself that Christ came to die for my sins, I was destined for judgment in hell. It was God's word. It wasn't the preacher. I thank God for that preacher. Whoever he is, he was a visiting evangelist. Thank God for him. But it wasn't him. It was the word that saved my soul. This is the power of the word of God. 
It cuts through hardened hearts. It cuts through. I mean, the Bible tells us that we are hardened by sin against God. We're rebels. We don't want His righteous rule over us by nature. We, we don't want it. And so after years of the hardening of our hearts and sin and doing things our own way, that is no power to the, uh, that's no, there's no resistance there when God's word comes. It's, that's no match for the power of God's word to cut through and save sinners and make us sons and daughters of God. This is what it's saying. It, it's sharper. It penetrates. It goes to the deep core of who we are. And it cuts through all the chaff. When, when the apostle Peter was preaching the gospel right after Jesus left, he, he ascended back to heaven. He, he left and he gave his disciples a commission, like go and, and be my witnesses and preach the word. And, and when Peter in Acts 2 was preaching the word, what, what does the word tell us? It says that those people were quote, cut to the heart. That's the Word of God. It pierces. It goes through the hardened layers of sin and gets right to the very core of who we are. I, I, I'm, I'm saved by grace and by grace alone. It was the Word of God that, that resurrected my soul by faith. It wasn't through any other means. God's Word is powerful enough to save. And that's why we rejoice in what God's Word is doing all across the world today. He is saving people who put their hope and trust in the, the Jesus that the Word reveals. Praise the Lord. We're so grateful for that. So when you, when you, uh, you know, when we share the gospel with people, when we share, like, Definitely tell your story of how God has saved you. Definitely. And the, the benefits and the effects, definitely. But do not neglect the Word of God in that. Because where's the power to save? Is it in your testimony? No, your testimony it helps. But your testimony and my testimony, it doesn't have the power to save. God's Word has the power to save. So let's, let's share the Word of God with folks as we minister to them and reach out to them. See, God's Word always leads us to truth, right? God's Word, it, it cuts and divides through, through the junk of the lies that we hear from our culture and the lies that, that come into our minds. It, it cuts through. It, it penetrates deeply. Think about this. What was the weapon? What was the weapon that Christ Himself used when He was bombarded with the lies of Satan, his enemy, when he was in the wilderness. What was the singular weapon that the Savior, the Son of God, used? It was the Word of God. That cut through the lies. That's what it does. It pierces. It divides joint and marrow. It pierces. And if, if Christ himself used the Word of God to fight the lies of the enemy... To arrive at the truth. Dear friends, do you see how much we need the word of God to fight the lies of the enemy? To arrive at truth. When you and I read this word, we can be confident that it always leads us and brings us the very word of God. It's truth itself. We don't need a question like, oh, where's the truth in this? It's all true. That's what it's given for. Because it cuts and divides. So that's, that's part one of how it cuts. This one, 
may also, you know, come a little closer to home. Number two, it cuts through hearts that are beginning, hear this, beginning to harden to the Lord uh, to bring us back into fellowship with him. It cuts through hearts that are beginning to harden. That would be what's happening in this context. The people are beginning to harden their hearts to the word of the Lord. They're allowing certain things that they shouldn't allow in their lives. And when we, and whenever we allow sin in our hearts and in our lives, we're, we're running the risk of hardening our heart to the Lord. And that's specifically why the author is including this about the Word of God. Because we need to have our hearts pierced by the Word of God day by day. Moment by moment. Because we want to walk with the Lord. I mean, yesterday, let's take yesterday. Did any of us in this room not sin yesterday? Um, I have great faith in you, but I doubt it. I know I certainly didn't. We need the Word. What does the Word do? Here's what it does. It, it, it breaks through the excuses that we make. It cuts through the, the lies that we believe And like a surgeon's scalpel that cuts deep in order to get to the cancer that will kill us if it remains, the Word of God cuts so that the Holy Spirit can excise the cancer out of us and restore us to fellowship. We need... The Word of God. We need it to cut our hearts. And, and quite honestly, sometimes it cuts and it hurts. But we need it. Because this is how God preserves His people. This is how He does it. The Word of God, in the hearing of the people of God, causes the people of God to respond. And sometimes that response might be, Lord, I, I confess my sin to you. I, I thank you that Christ has paid for all my sins, but I don't want to go on in this pattern that's currently happening here. I confess my sin to you. I remind myself of the gospel that, that my acceptance before you is not on the basis of, of my obedience. My acceptance is on the basis of what Christ has done, but I don't want to walk in sin anymore. And Lord, I confess that to you. Do you see the power of the word to bring us to that place where we will confess and repent and restore fellowship with God in full measure? Again, I'm so thankful for the word of the Lord. The Word of God is living and active. The Word of the Lord penetrates deeply into our hearts. And finally, it, it, it discerns our hearts. The Word of God discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, what is the heart as he's using here? It's the heart is the center of all spiritual activity. It's the center of all the operations of our lives. It's the seat of all of our decisions. It's the place of our passions. And affections, that's what the Word 
discerns down to the very core of who we are. We need the word to regularly discern what's going on in our hearts. Why? Because sin is very deceiving, right? It it just is. And then you add me into the mix. I'll use myself as an example. And you add sin and myself. And and I am a king at making um, justifications for what I want to do. I am the king of making excuses and rationalizations for why I don't obey the Lord at times. And when I come to the word, what it does is it discerns the thoughts and intentions of my heart. It, it leaves my heart bare before God. It cross-examines my heart and said, okay, why are you doing that? What is your motivation here? That's what it does. It reveals those things to us. It helps us to see ourselves clearly, even at times when we don't really want to see ourselves clearly. It cuts through. It reveals those motivations. And that's why it's so critically important that we we eagerly receive the word of the Lord day by day, even hour by hour. Sometimes I wake up in the night. I've shared with you at times I can struggle to sleep through the night. And what I try to do when I'm when I'm awake is just click on the ESV app and and just like get the word of God rolling in my mind. Because I don't want to let my mind think on its own at 3 a.m. You know what I mean? The world seems very dark at 3 a.m. sometimes. I want the Word to be speaking. I don't want to be listening to my mind. I want the Word to be washing over me. Allowing its hope to transform my perspective at 3 a.m., right? We need the Word. It cuts through. It discerns the heart and the mind. He, the word is given to refine us. It's given to shape us. Now, you know, why, why did Jesus reserve such harsh criticism for the religious people of his day, the, the Pharisees in particular, the Pharisees and the scribes? He, he, he called them whitewashed tombs. What did he mean by that? He said, you know, you have an outward appearance that, that looks very good. Like people, you know, when people uh, saw the Pharisees coming, they're like, oh, holy man coming on the street. You know, they, just, they would walk out of the way and let him walk by because he's the holy man. He, there was a great outer, outer appearance. But Jesus said to them, your hearts are so far from me. You make all these laws, these man-made laws to, to bind up people and lay, lay things on their backs, burdens on their backs. You don't love me. You're just doing everything that you're doing for outer appearance. Well, when we're in the word of God, you know what it does? It it so discerns our hearts and our motivations that it it doesn't allow us. If we're in the word regularly, it doesn't allow us to just do things not for the glory of God. And and this is where the cutting again, it comes in. The, The temptation, I think for us, for you and me in February, 2024, the temptation where we can harden our heart is when God speaks through his word and we know it's true. We know it. And yet we don't respond to it. That's where I think we're tempted, where I'm tempted to harden my heart. I mean, it's one thing to talk about the Hebrews and like, oh, their temptations. Now let's bring it to our living room. Where is my temptation to harden my heart? It's it's when God speaks through his word for me to say, oh, yeah, it doesn't exactly mean that. Or I have a good reason for what I'm doing. 
That's the hardening of a heart. And God has given us this word so that our hearts are soft to Him. So that we can respond to Him. So that we can enter His rest, ultimately. Because we're not walking around in unbelief, but we're walking in faith in the Word of God today. This is, this is why He said this three times in our text last week. Today. Because God's Word is living and active today. He says, today, if you hear His voice, what does He say three times? Do not harden your heart. That's our temptation. And the way we harden our heart is by not responding to the clear truth of the Word of the Lord. But, but here's, here's our hope this morning. But if we have a fundamental conviction about the Word of God, that it is the living and active Word of God, which is going forth in our hearts to accomplish its good purpose. And if we believe that the God who gave us this Word is good and does good, then that will enable us in our hearts, being regenerated by the Holy Spirit, that will enable us to joyfully take the book and say, Lord, I've done this before. I just want to do it again. Lord, I, I sit underneath Your Word. Your word is my Lord. You are my authority. And so I am under the authority of the word. That's what my life represents. That's what we want together as God's people. That we, that we sit under the word. That we allow it to control us. Because it's alive and active. It discerns our hearts. And it helps us to see truth clearly. So, as we bring this to a close, let me just ask you one question. This morning, as you hear about afresh the Word of God that's living and active, do you want this Word to affect you? Do you want this Word to have its way in your heart? Do you, are you willing, I'm asking more than one question, are you willing this morning to say to God, Lord, I, I believe that your Word is, is like this letter, written in love, written to us personally, because he wants us to enjoy living under his loving rule and reign. If we believe that about the word, then we can say, Lord, have your way in my heart. Wherever you want to work, Lord, I, I want to respond to you. That, dear friends, if that's your posture this morning, that pleases God. It does. It pleases God. And in your heart, He can, He can accomplish His work and He wants to do it. And if, if we're resistant to that, then we, we need to be concerned. If that's not the posture of our hearts, then we should be concerned. Because if that's not the posture of our hearts, then that means we're, we're slowly hardening our hearts to the Word of God. And that's why this warning exists in the first place. Not just for those Hebrews, but for us in February 2024. That we might respond to the Word of God. So I'm not going to belabor this, but I simply want to ask you, is there any corner of your heart where you're not willing to allow the Word of God to have its, its way?
Is there any, any place in your soul as the word divides it and, and you know, you see things clearly when you read the word that you're saying, eh, no, I'm not going to let you have your way. Dear friend, if that's true, come to Christ again this morning and allow his word to lay you bare because this is how it closes. Look at verse 13. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. What is he saying? When we sit under the word of God and when it speaks and when it's active, what it does is it lays our heart open before God. And if we think we can just sneak around and get away and God won't see what's going on, we're wrong. I mean, he gives descriptive words here. We are like we're naked and we're exposed before God. He sees all. We can't hide from him. And we will one day give an account to him. And so how much better now to run to him and believe in him and trust in him and obey his word because we will give an account to him. Every last one of us. So, this is a call to faith. This is a call to trust. This is a call to renew our belief in the Word of God, which is accomplishing its purpose and will accomplish its purpose in our hearts. Let's pray together. Father, it's, it's one thing for me, it's one thing for me to preach a sermon like this and it's another thing for me and for my friends gathered here to respond rightly to your word. And so, Lord, we pray now that you would grant us by faith the ability to respond to your living and active word this morning. For some of us in this room, it may be for the first time, it may be, that for the first time we're going to say, yes, Lord, I, I believe that you came into the world to die for my sins and I receive Christ into my heart now because I believe in you. I believe you came to die for my sins. I, I trust in you for salvation, that you would forgive my heart. Dear friend, have you received the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ? If not, would you come? Would you come now? Because one day you will stand and give account if you're not covered by the righteousness of Christ, if we're left standing on our own, oh, the judgment that we will incur. God is reaching even now to you and offering you salvation free and clear if you will respond to His Word. You know it's true. Now come. Lord, for those of us who are believers and we have trusted in Christ for salvation, Lord, we, we have great hope with this word. 
because we know that when the word cuts us, it, it, it's like that surgeon's scalpel that is not inflicting a cut to hurt us or to injure us, but in fact, to bring us to greater life. And so, Lord, we pray as we sit under your word day by day, Lord, use the scalpel where you need to and use your word to bind the brokenhearted, to enliven the weary, to invigorate the downcast, to bring hope where hope has, has drifted because you are active and alive and you're accomplishing your purposes in your holy eternal word as it lives and, and does what it does. It gets it done in our hearts. So, Lord, we pray, give us faith. Build us up. Allow us to so prioritize your word that that we would read it every day and love it when we read it because it's reading a letter from you straight to our hearts. Lord, we need faith for this and so we pray that you would give us this faith and we rejoice in every work that you're going to do through this. We pray together in Christ's name and all of God's people said... Amen.